Hey, I'm Corey. And I'm Lori. And this is the Nourish Circle Podcast. Join the band as we gather in our Nourish Circle and talk all things weight-inclusive, haze, non-diet, and whatever else is nourishing us. Today's episode is brought to you by our Join the Band Teespring store. Click the link in our show notes to check out our badass non-diet dietitian merchandise. On today's episode of the Nourish Circle, Corey and I speak to author Kate Northrup about her book, Do Less, a revolutionary approach to time and energy management for busy moms. Kate is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and mother, and she has built a multimedia digital empire that reaches out to hundreds of thousands globally. She is committed to supporting ambitious women to light up the world without burning themselves out in the process. This was an extremely timeful um, conversation for Corey and I as we both navigate work and raising children and being a partner. Um, Please note that there are some conversations in here that um, tell a bit about Kate's personal story, which might be a little bit more um, diet orientated than you will generally hear on this show. Uh, We just wanted to make you aware of that. We chose not to cut it out because of how it flows in with her story. So thank you again for joining our Nourish Circle, and we hope you enjoy this interview. Welcome to the Nurse Circle podcast, Kate. It is such an honor to have you here with us today. Thank you for having me. And I just wanted to um, start off with, we just like to give our readers some context of who you are, if there's any privileges or identities that you'd like to share with our listeners today. Yeah, um, I am a cis heterosexual white woman. Um, yeah, yeah, I think okay. that covers it. Okay, and I know there's lots we'll be talking about that kind of play off some of those privileges um, yeah. and is, is sort of as two dietitians and moms um, who also have similar identities. It'll be an interesting conversation because you are in a business world and um, I had the pleasure of doing some work with you from that context. And a lot of what you were talking about was very similar to what we're dealing with from a nutrition world. Mm-hmm. So that's why we thought it would be so interesting to have you because you do talk a lot about status quo and patriarchy and being disconnected. And you wrote this incredible book that was just released within the last year, Do Less, And we are so excited to talk about it because this is something we are hearing from whether it's clients that we're working with or other dietitians or other health care practitioners that are moving more towards a holistic lens and are fighting status quo. There's this disconnection from their work because of the challenges of working in that system. So we just wondered if you could give us a little context of where Do Less came from and how you sort of came about writing that book. Yeah. So I, I, the idea for Do Less came to me through my own lived experience. And the short version is that when I got pregnant with my first daughter, I was so tired and I was not physically capable in the way that I had been capable my whole life. Um, So there's another one of my privileges, Um, being, you know, just being strong. And I was always an athlete and and physical things just came easily to me. And anytime I had something hard going on, um, 
work-wise or even emotionally or even like a jar that needed to be opened, Mm. I could just put in more effort and get the job done Mm -hmm. until I got pregnant. And I could not summon any more energy for anything other than the bare, bare minimum in our business. And then my daughter came and I had a traumatic birth experience and a fairly traumatic um, experience of the first year of parenthood because she was really sick with severe eczema. I suffered from postpartum insomnia, postpartum anxiety, um, tons of, a lot of mastitis. Um, She wasn't sleeping because she was scratching herself so often, um, sometimes waking up every 10 minutes at night screaming and bloody. And it was just like nothing like I had expected parenthood would be. And after a year of being a mom, uh, oh, also we only had 10 hours of childcare that first year, a week. So my husband and I run a company together. Um, and so we were sort of just like trying to do both at the same time. Um, and after a year, we sat down with our accountant and realized that despite having worked significantly less, like less than half the amount of time I had ever worked in my adult years, we had made the same amount of revenue in our company. And I thought, well, okay, I don't want to go back and relive that year for anything, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe I could (laughs) do this again. Like, why was I working so many hours all my life when I could have gotten the same results financially in half the amount of time? And so I looked at that and I thought, well, we are not so special. We are not that, like, we are not different than other people. So what, what could we distill from this year that we could then use on purpose? And so that is where the do less concept came from. And then also when I got my period back around that same time, I was really struck by um, the cycles and seasons of our body and how they can be our guide for our productivity as opposed to our the enemy of productivity. Wow. That is so, that resonates so with me. I had a traumatic first year um, and I had postpartum depression and anxiety. And um, with the tired, when you just said how tired you were, I think that, that is something that I just hear from particularly mothers so much is, um, just being tired and not knowing how to, um, cope, I guess. And the fact that when you sat down and with your accountant and just were like, wow, we made the same amount of money. That must've been like a very life altering moment. It was, it was wild. Yeah. Cause we're so raised to be busy because busy will get us what we want or need. Yeah. And I'm just really finding like, even now, you know, I turned in the book Christmas Eve of 2017. Uh So now it's been two, you know, two years since I wrote the book and it's been out less than a year. And I've learned so much since then that's not even in the book because, (laughs) because I'm still learning. I'm still practicing. I'm still like, Whoa, you know, for example, the other day I looked at my calendar a couple couple months ago actually. I looked at my calendar for the fall and I was massively overwhelmed. And when I'm really overwhelmed, I start to get irritable and I start to snap at my husband and be 
and snappy with my kids. And it comes from a feeling of pressure and feeling rushed and like I don't have enough time. That's kind of the the catalyst for this irritation. And I just want everyone gone so I can get to work. And I noticed this was happening and my husband and I sat down, we were trying to schedule like a 45 minute meeting and there was literally no space in my calendar for it. And it it was like, oh my God, this meeting can't happen for three weeks. This is ridiculous. Like I don't want to be the kind of person who can't find 45 minutes in my calendar until three weeks out. That's, that's, I'm not that woman. That's not who I want to be. And so I looked and I said, well, what, what, what can give? Cause I, I am, I refused to live this way. And I realized I needed to um, cancel these 17 particular things. <laughs> and they were each a one hour block of time. And I, I canceled them. They were interviews. And I felt badly because I had said yes to them. But it was one of those situations where I had to choose myself over making other people happy. And I, so I, I, was honest and I let them know. And within 24 hours, I got an email from a pitch that I had sent out back in April, which is like a huge uh, media opportunity. And they said, we want to have you on our channel. And it was like, oh my God, I allowed myself space and I was rewarded. And I'm getting signs like that all the time now. Wow. That is amazing. It's, it's so funny because I think, um, I, I'm just sitting here, like, honestly kind of tearing up because I kind of just feel like this is my space right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to sit down, it must've been hard to sit down and cancel 17 things. Oh yeah. I felt awful. And I was yeah. like, Oh, these people are going to think I'm a, I don't know if I can say the B word on this show, but yeah, they're going to think <laughs> I'm a total bitch. And I said yes to them. And now I'm saying no. And what kind of person does that? And they're going to think I think I'm too good for them. Like all the things. And I was like, and I am still reclaiming my time. Yes. That's amazing. And the universe, you know, honored you for that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I also just want to say like in that case, I also had a little talk with myself and I was like, Kate, if you think you not showing up for this thing is going to like ruin this person's life, you have a serious ego problem. So that was the other thing. I was like, I'm not that big of a deal. Who cares? Right. It was both sides of the same coin. Well, That's, we we think you're a big deal, and so we're we're glad we weren't part of that seventeen. Because well, know. thank you, I appreciate it, and I feel bad. I to be honest, like I feel even guilty sharing that story, but I share it because I don't think that there's going to ever be a time when setting boundaries feels like amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yeah. We don't want to do it, but the reward no. is really good. It's like, you know, it's like the the um, endorphin rush after a good sweat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't always feel good to do the squats, but I feel great after. Although sometimes in the moment it does too. And I know I like exercise is a complicated topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could go on a whole other side tangent yeah. on that one. Um, well, that, I mean, that's, it's such an amazing experience to be able to share. Cause like you said, like the lived experience, you know, you can read the book, but your book has so many 
examples that personalize what you're talking about because that is often the missing piece. You can read a book, you can listen to someone, but when you don't have that example of like how to model that into your own life, yeah, it can be really hard when you're in that moment. You're thinking, okay, I know I need to say no to this, but why and how and all of those pieces. So I learned so much from your book and really put it into practice. And um, one concrete example of this, of, of just taking care of myself, which was a whole other thing to have to learn to do in, in a way that worked for me that was internal versus what we're taught externally. I sent an email um, thanking a counselor for the help of being able to help me do that in my own life. And five minutes later, I got accepted to speak at a national conference, which is like the biggest conference that I've ever been invited to speak at. And it was so ironic, like you said, the universe rewarding you of making that time and thinking, you know, I don't have time to take care of myself. It's not a priority. It can, you know, I'll do that when I have time. But when you do take care of yourself, the opportunities that are available to you are so expansive. Yeah. So you have nothing but time um, to, to do that. And I love how the book really gives that, that pathway that you can customize for your own life. Yeah. So can you talk to us about the cyclical system? Because the feminine that you explain in all of your work and how it keeps you from leaning in or falling in and sort of keeping it all to that point where you don't get exhausted. Because I think sometimes when we're passionate and multi-passionate, we can often, you know, find a challenge on how we say no to things. Yeah. So, I mean, do, so do you want me to go into kind of the cycle and how that blueprint works? Yes, yeah. that would be great. Okay, great. So basically our bodies as women, we have an experience of um, a four phase cycle that happens every month. This is probably not news to you. We all know that women have periods. However, the way we're taught about them is that you essentially like there's a time when you're bleeding and there's a time when you can get pregnant. Yeah. And that's the only information we're given, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, here's a tampon, here's a condom, <laughs> you know? And, okay, off on your merry way. Oh, P.S., this is a curse. And, um, or at least, at the, at the very least, it's inconvenient. Mm -hmm. And we are robbed of what this experience actually can be, which is this beautiful deepening into an energetic blueprint for our most incredible creation and the work that we're really here to do in the world. And so I really began to look at that after my period came back from after my first daughter. Um, I had not had my period in like two and a half years because I did this super intense nutrition and fitness program leading up to my wedding. And I lost so much body fat that I lost my period. And then I got it once and then I got pregnant and then I was pregnant and nursing. And so it was a long time. And so when it came back, it was like it was the first time. And I was so excited and I began to learn about 
the four phases. And what I learned is that the four phases are the same as the seasons energetically. And so men experience time every a cycle every 24 hours. Women experience a cycle every 28 days-ish. And so our experience of time is fundamentally different. And we are trying to fit ourselves into a 24-hour model when our bodies simply don't work that way. Mm-hmm. And that's not a disadvantage. It's, a, it's just different. It's a total advantage if we take advantage of it. And so the four seasons uh, we are familiar with, obviously, um, winter, summer, spring, fall, and how they work with your cycle is that that first week after your period is your follicular phase. It's your personal springtime, and it's a great time for initiating projects. It's typically a high energy time. It's a time when you feel like getting out there and starting stuff. It's a time of a lot of inspiration the next period of time after that. So that's about six days. And then the next period of time after that for the next six days or so is your ovulation phase. And so let's say it's the two to three days before you ovulate and then the two to three days after you ovulate. This is like your personal summer and this is your time of peak fertility. So it's the time um, where you are literally the most fertile if you want to get pregnant, but you are also the most fertile energetically. So you literally will release pheromones that will make you more attractive during this time. And waitresses report having their highest tips during ovulation. And also energetically, it's a really good time for outreach. Um, You'll feel more social and more verbal. Um, It's just a time to be out there if you're doing a speaking gig, if you're teaching a workshop, if you're going to networking meetings, if you're doing any kind of pitching or uh, client calls, like this is a great time to do it batching content. Um, And then the luteal phase is the next phase. That's your personal autumn. So this is the 10 to 14 days before your period starts. Our bodies are so genius because the luteal phase is the time to wrap things up and complete and really put in that final energy of getting things done. And we all know it is harder and takes more time to complete things than it does to start them. And so our body is designed to give us more time for that. And this phase is um, a more inward time. So the outward phases are the follicular and ovulation phases. So the spring and summertime. And then the inward phases are the luteal and menstrual, which is the inward time of the fall and winter. Both of those energies is really powerful and they're both really important. But the luteal phase is really when you're the most detail-oriented. You don't really feel as much like being social and you more turn inward. And it is this energy of kind of like tidying up and gathering the nuts to hibernate. And Mm -hmm. um, I have a client who created a luteal list. And so during the rest of the month when she doesn't feel like doing all the ticky-tacky things, she just writes it down on her luteal list. And then once a month uh, during her luteal phase, she just knocks it all out like paperwork and spreadsheets and entering her bookkeeping and all of that stuff. And then the menstrual phase is such an opportunity for deepening into our wisdom. So the menstrual phase is typically our lowest external energy time. You will not be particularly mentally clear during this time, but the left and right hemispheres of your brain are the most interconnected 
as they will be during your entire month, which means you have access to the intersection of your logical and emotional information, which gets you really in touch with your intuition. So you will be the wisest from an intuitive standpoint, and you'll have access to greater interior wisdom during this time than any other time. And so the women who founded the Red School, which is a beautiful school about the menstrual cycle in the UK, um, suggest that rather than sleep on things, that we bleed on things. And when you have big decisions to make, that you bring them into the time of your menstrual cycle to really just sit with them because you'll get the right answer super fast and it will be crystal clear. Um, so also during the luteal phase, uh, right before, that's when PMS happens. If you do have hormonal imbalances, PMS is not necessarily, um, while it's normal in our culture, it's not necessarily healthy. Um, and there are many things that we can do to resolve that. Um, I'm not an expert in that, but there are a lot of wonderful ones. And, um, but, but the thing that many women do experience, which I experience as well, I don't experience PMS per se, but I get a little like irritable the few days before my period. And that's great because the information that I am getting is information about what's not working in my life that I need to then bring into my menstrual phase and sit with and make decisions about so my next cycle, I can clear it out and make whatever changes need to be made to enhance my marriage, my business, you know, my friendships, whatever. So we get great information every month um, and, and we need to stop just being like, oh, I'm just so hormonal. Like, no, that's actually your inner wisdom asking you to pay attention. And if you do pay attention every month, then you don't have to deal with um, as much of a reckoning during perimenopause. And perimenopause is like PMS on steroids if you have mm. not been paying attention every opportunity that you have during your menstrual cycle each month. Wow, that's amazing. So that was a long answer, but there you have it. <laughs> no, that was a great answer. Um, it's interesting because um, as you were relating it to the seasons, I was kind of sitting here like mapping out my last month or so, and I'm like, oh, that all really makes sense to me. Um, and it's interesting when your body seasons don't line up with the outside of what you need to do or what you perceive you need to do at a certain time. Um, yes. Right. Which is going to be every month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's never going to perfectly line up. So, so when, when that happens, which is all the time, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I will say like my period comes within a few day window, give or take. So it's virtually impossible for me to plan ahead to be like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm going to teach these webinars during ovulation. Well, inevitably, you know, it's a little early that month or a little late. And I know that there are things that you can do to get perfectly regular. Like, so it comes exactly every 28 days. Um, I just haven't yet had the bandwidth to look into what those things are. <laughs> so, um, but I know uh, Nicole Jardim, who is um, at theperiodgirl.com has a program for that. So I'm not an affiliate or anything. I just, I'm going to go check it out myself. 
But um, that being said, it's less about the things we are doing and it is more about how we are doing them. Mm -hmm. So the how really matters. So are we beating ourselves up? Are we rushing? Are we judging our bodies for feeling the way they feel? Are we wishing we had more energy? Are we thinking we should be more like a man, essentially, because our whole culture has told us that, you know, being in a female body is wrong and everything that our body does is wrong and should be medicated or surgically removed so that we can be more like a man. I mean, that's literally what the messages are from the time we are born as women. And so just adding the element of tracking your cycle and being like, oh, hey, this is what's going on with my body. Could I walk from the car to the office door slightly slower today because I have my period? Yeah, I could do that. So I'm not talking overhauling your life. Like I'm talking really (laughs) small ways. And I already told my husband, for example, I know that I'm expecting my period on Christmas. I have told him ahead of time, hey, I'm expecting my period on Christmas. I'm going to be pretty low energy and not feeling super social. I happen to be expecting also all of my in-laws on that day are going to be here. And so I just said to him, like, I'm going to need extra support and I may just want to be by myself. And he was like, cool. Good to know. I'm so laughing over here because I did, I was doing the exact same thing and I was thinking of you as I was looking at my, my schedule <laughs> and planning like who's going to come over what day. And I totally planned it around my menstrual cycle. I love it. That's, listen, if there isn't a wiser thing to plan your life around than how you feel, I don't know what it would be. So true. Why would we plan our life around anything other than what's going on with ourselves? Well, I think when you talk about it, um, I mean, knowing Mike and how he totally is like understanding of what's going on in terms of your work. My husband, not so much. He's still in training with understanding the approaches that I use in work. So sometimes if I say to him, like, oh, my menstrual cycle, we can't go out and do that. He looks at me like, what are you talking about? So I'm curious for someone who's a beginner at understanding this, is there sort of some way that you would recommend people explain this? Or do you even have to explain it? Because it's really something for yourself. That's a great question. Um, I don't think you have to explain anything if you don't want to. But if it would feel loving and fun to do so, mm-hmm. <laughs> then go for it. Right. I have heard from a lot of people that just sharing the menstrual cycle chapter of my mom's book, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, with their partner has been life-altering. So That's going to be my recommendation for the beginner's guide so that they can understand what what goes into it. Um, Also, my book, um, In Do Less, there's a chapter called Your Cycles, um, Seasons, and Momentum. It's called something like that. I'm not saying the title exactly right, but it's, it's something like that. Your Seasons, Cycles, and Momentum. Um, And that would be a shorter chapter. If, if you want, if you already have doulas, um, that's a shorter chapter that's going to really get the point across. I feel like when it comes to these things, um, 
oftentimes it can be better to give someone a resource to say, can you just read these three pages right. instead of trying to explain it to them? Because when we try to explain it to them, sometimes it can trigger um, behaviors that we do in partnership that just like end up, end us up in a cycle that is not useful for them just learning that information. Mm-hmm. And then it's not you saying it, it's yes. a resource saying it. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is helpful. Um, I was sitting here kind of thinking that a lot of our listeners are also caregivers. Um, we're both moms and we have little ones and um, between the two of us, our kids range from three to 11 um, and they're busy. And then we have partners who are partners and then we have both have businesses. And so I'm a little curious as to how do less help you manage all of those things? Um, because I know personally, I want to be more present. Um, and I think your work has helped with that, but I'm just wondering if you could help us talk about being more present and living joyfully with all of those things around us. Yeah. So I have a 19 month old and a four year old. Um, and so I definitely understand being a caregiver. I feel like the best way to be more present and is, and this is not new information for everybody probably, but the best way to be more present is to make sure you are resourced, which means getting your needs met. When my needs are met, it's really easy to be with my kids. For example, this morning I woke up a little before they got up. I did a 20 minute yoga flow and then I just like had such a nice morning with my kids because I did something for me first. And so I am not the only person saying put yourself first, but what our kids really need is a resourced caregiver. And the model of the caregiver going without so that everyone else can thrive needs to die. Because ultimately, like I, this was never so clear to me as when I was nursing. Um, My milk supply tanked, tanked with both of my girls when they were both at three and a half months. And that was the time when I sort of was like really meeting the bottom of my exhaustion and depletion. And it was like, oh my gosh, if I am not sleeping and rested and nourished and feeling safe, my body won't produce enough milk to feed my child. Mm. And if I lived in a different time when we didn't have formula, my child would die if I was not taking care of myself. And so I've taken that as a metaphor um, for all aspects of life. And so being present then, okay, so then you're resourced. Then being present just becomes easier because you're happier. And when we're happier and we take things off of our to-do list by asking others for support or just deciding that things can be left undone or that we didn't have to do them in the first place, then we're not, we don't have so much on our plate. So we can just like be doing what we're doing, which is singing a song with our toddler or like walking down the street or sitting with our family without our phone. Um, things like that. So I really do recommend for being present, um, resourcing yourself. And then also for me, the best way, if I notice that I'm spinning or I'm trying to rush or I'm irritated is really tapping into my breath. 
Um, you know, box breathing can be great where you're breathing in for four, holding for four, breathing out for four, holding for four. Doing a couple rounds of that can be really effective, but really anything, just breathing and becoming aware of your breath really shoots you right into the present moment. Like it's instant. Mm-hmm. I, I do box breathing quite a bit. I'm not going to lie. I look at door frames and I'm like, up across. Oh, smart. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I had a client once who was doing it during an appointment. I'm like, what are you doing? And ever since then, I, I find a window or a door because I just find it brings me into the room Yeah, uh, when I do that by looking at it. Um, it. It's funny that you say you got up this morning and were able to take some time for yourself. Um, I have a sick eight-year-old and we haven't slept in, and I feel very just physically and emotionally drained because of the lack of sleep and that, and yeah. you know, when you have a sick child, you, oh, well, and I think we do this with our kids most of the time. We put their needs ahead of ours all the time. And, and, um, I, at one point I was like, I just need to sit here and drink my coffee while it's warm. Just give me a minute. Um, and and it, but I think it's so true. We just, we don't put ourselves even in the top five, a lot of the times. And that's where, um, I find it, it, we get muddy and, um, not present because we have all the other things thinking about it. So thank you for sharing that. I think it's wonderful. You're welcome. Yeah. And it just makes me think of that whole piece around joy and what joy means to someone when you're so busy because you're stuck in that productive, I need to be efficient mode. You don't have that clarity. You don't have that centeredness or that embodied feeling connection to yourself. And I think for women, especially in our society, but not just women, that feminine cycle and connection, um, like you said, we're so conditioned to this patriarchy and the masculine energy and we get trapped in that do more mentality. So we've lost connection to our our purpose. And I see this happen to colleagues, clients who are so busy doing for everyone else or, you know, they have their dream job, but they're no longer enjoying it. And they're kind of lost in that. So I'm wondering how you think do less would, would help to sort of reconnect someone back to seeing if the career or the relationship or insert whatever, if it's truly something that's energizing for them or if it's time to move on. How, how do you think do less might fit in with helping someone with that? Yeah, so I love what you said. When we're busy, we really, and rushing, we really lose touch with our center. And our center is where the truth comes from. So while many of us were raised to believe that the truth is outside of us, um, what my work is really about is bringing women back to the truth inside of them, which they can always trust. And so but busyness is a way of distracting ourselves from that truth, which is ultimately a way of remaining powerless. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tool of the patriarchy to keep us down, quite honestly. And so if we are always trying to prove our worthiness through doing things, then we will lose touch with that inner guidance. So what I recommend is looking at your calendar. I do this every week at the beginning of the week and just mapping out like what actually has to get done and what really I could let go. 
and just start in very small ways with letting something go every week. And I mean, a really simple example last week is I was going to visit a friend who had a new baby and bringing her some food. And I, in addition to soup, I also had wanted to make her these um, healthy-ish Rice Krispie treats from the first 40 days cookbook. And I just didn't have the right ingredients. And then I ran out of time and da da da. And I was like, I'm either going to be late or I'm going to not bring the Rice Krispie treats. And again, minor, minor, minor example, but I was like, my ability to bring Rice Krispie treats is not my value in this situation. My value is being able to show up and be present and listen to my friend and hear her birth story and just see what she needs. And it was a great reminder of just like it created space in my in my day, it created a little more space, which allowed more, it allowed the volume of my inner guidance to turn up. So when we start to practice that and and also start to practice maybe five minutes of meditation a day where you are checking in, the voice gets louder. So when we are ch- when we are eliminating the busyness and checking in with ourselves on a regular basis, the voice does get louder and then you don't even really have to have like a formal meditation practice or anything to hear it. You just start accessing that voice all day, every day. It's just there. But you can't hear it if you're always busy and thinking you need to be doing more. Uh-huh. I love that. Sorry, I was like nodding my head and then realizing <laughs> this is not a video medium. <laughs> um, I think that's so beautiful. We had um, on one of our very, very first podcasts, we had Julie Sweeney who said, um, talked about taking one minute for t- or two minutes, four times a day um, to um, do something that kind of self-care. So like two minute meditation or a two minute um, movement practice or just, you know, spreading it out. And, and I tried that and I remember thinking, Oh, I could do two minutes, four times a day. Um, but it took conscious effort to find eight minutes in a day. Um, and so it's, it's so true, but I start at, at that time you start to, you do start to hear yourself more. Um, and I've been doing the calendar thing. I think I read it in one of your things where I sit with my calendar on Sunday and try and color code and, um, the, um, blue ink stuff is not high on my priority list. So it's the first to go. Um, but so I have found that helpful as well. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, we kind of like to wrap things up with a question of what's currently nourishing you. Um, as we try to talk about, different forms of nourishing um, on this podcast. What is nourishing you right now? Mm, Going to dance class. So I have been resisting going to dance class for years while knowing it is like the most important thing for my well-being. And I have finally started to go twice a week and it has completely changed my life. It has changed my marriage. It has we have made significantly more money. I am so much happier. I'm so much more joyful. I feel like myself. Um, and it took me five years to get my ass in dance class, but it was worth the wait. So can I ask what type of dance? Hip hop. Oh, fun. Ooh. Yeah. 
But it could be anything. I mean, that just happens to be like the close studio with the class at the time (laughs) that works. But I really love it. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. It's been so wonderful getting to chat with you because it's been a while since we've had that opportunity um, to chat. And so because I'm assuming everyone's going to go out and buy Do Less after listening to this, what are some other ways that folks can stay in touch with you and connect with you? Yeah. So I have a free download of the weekly planning ritual. That's really how you set up your week for successfully doing less, but getting better results. So you can go get that at katenorthrop.com forward slash list. And then um, I hang out mostly on Instagram if I'm on social media at Kate Northrup. So you can come find and follow me there. Great. And we'll have all those links as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Kate. This was just so nourishing to listen and absorb and just hear your stories. Um, So thank you so much for being here with both of us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Nourish Circle. Don't forget to like us on iTunes or Spotify and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. (laughs) 